Top of the morning to you people. It is Monday, February 13th. I didn't even have to look at my watch to know what date it is. Because tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Let the hearer hear and let the reader understand. But we are here Monday, February 13th. Welcome to this round of our pastoral devotionals. So if you're new to this, what we essentially do is we, beginning on Monday, uh, study for five days together, Monday through Friday, 10, 15 minutes, 8 a.m. every morning, and <clears throat> begin to, to, to exegete, interpret, pick apart, apply the passage for that upcoming Sunday. So at Four Oaks, we're preaching through the Gospel of Matthew, and really the idea here is let's all get on board with studying the passage for that upcoming week, just to kind of give us some tools, learn some um, some different ways to study the Bible so that we can be feeders of ourselves, not merely consumers of the Word of God. And so we are now up to uh, Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17. So I'm going to read the passage, and we'll set the stage for today, and then what we're going to uh, hopefully, Lord willing, be doing this week in this passage. So uh, verse 12 in chapter 4, now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <clears throat> now, one of the things that the metaphor I kind of use to think about biblical interpretation, or at least in the way that we're we're looking at these passages is to think about the passage in concentric circles, right? That at the center of that passage is the meaning or the the most basic truth of that passage or the main idea. And what we want to do is through a series of different study steps, maneuvers, is to make our way to the interior of those concentric circles, but we have to start on the outside. So on the outside, and what we're typically do here on a Monday is, is try to think about context, right? Try to look at the whole flow of the passage. Try to begin to jot out the ideas that we see or the questions that we might have. So let, let's start with context. We know that this passage comes on the heels of two sort of monumental events, okay? One is the, um, the baptism of Jesus, which, as we've seen before, is like the coronation of Jesus, right? This is the thing that sets him apart, marks him as the chosen one, the Messiah, and then followed by this temptation in the wilderness. And it's this temptation that is sort of the prove-it-to-me um, follow-up to the baptism. So the baptism sets Jesus apart as the Son of God, the Messiah, the sinless savior. But now before Jesus enters into the public arena in a, uh, in a very direct way, in a very public way for the next three years, he has to um, undergo a test. Is he truly the son of God? 
And if so, he will be perfect. He will resist temptation. He will walk in faithfulness, which is exactly what happens. So now, as we read this passage, it gives us a sort of narration of what happens from there, okay? Um, Now, the passages that come after this show Jesus doing things like calling his disciples and ministering to people in the crowds. So this passage is somehow linking up with, it's sort of the the headliner over Jesus's public ministry. And one thing we want to note is that verse 17, I think, um, is sort of a pivot verse because it says, from that time, Jesus began to preach saying, repent for the kingdom is at hand. So when it says from that time, it's Matthew's way of announcing And from this point forth, the essence of what Jesus is doing is he is preaching a gospel of repentance for the kingdom. Now, we're not going to today delve into what exactly that means, but that seems to be a um, a, a pivotal verse here. That however else you want to describe what it is that Jesus did or does from this point forward, the way Matthew characterizes it, is that Jesus is preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we need to put a little marker by that and say, okay, we want to go back and try to understand a little better what do we mean by the kingdom of heaven? Because sometimes Matthew uses the word kingdom of God, sometimes it's just the kingdom, and here he uses kingdom of heaven. What does it mean that it's at hand? What does it mean that we are called to repent? Now, recall by this, after all, that this is exactly what John the Baptist preached. And so John the Baptist was calling for a repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and now we hear Jesus calling for this repentance. So all of this is a big flashing light from Matthew that this is important, right? So we want to we want to circle back around and try to understand what that says. Now, verse 12, it says, now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. Now, one of the things that we don't see here, okay, but um, we, we know to be true by reading all three Gospels, is that we are now fast-forwarding a year or so. Okay, so in other words, this whole idea, the devil left him, and then verse 12, now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. So we know that from John, the Gospel of John, um, after the baptism of John, Jesus had a, a season of ministry. Um, he did he there, he was doing a variety of things. There was a clearing out of the temple, I believe. There was um, the first public miracle, which was the uh, the wedding at Cana. Um, and so we that is not Matthew bypasses all of that. Okay, and we know from Matthew's gospel that when it talks um, about this leaving Nazareth and he went and lived in Capernaum. These are all things that are really highlighted in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But in John, again, this doesn't come until later. So we again, we just want to put a mark in that and say, hmm, okay, we want to maybe try to go back and try to understand what was happening in this year um, that occasioned him... Um, going back up to Galilee, because John was not arrested immediately after Jesus' baptism. And we, and we know that from the gospel 
of John. So that, that's the second thing we want to know. First step, verses, verse 17, what is this meant to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? And then verse 12, what, what has sort of happened um, between the baptism and this, okay, uh, with John being arrested? Now, the reason, let me say this, I think the, one of the reasons Matthew begins Jesus's ministry in Galilee is that he has a very specific purpose, pastoral purpose in mind, right? He is, again, he's going to want to show how people, um, common Jews, like the ones he was writing to, were responding to the message of Jesus. And it's the, it's, Everything we know about Jesus's ministry in Jerusalem, and this is mainly from the Gospel of John, he, he, he was involved in engaging religious leaders. But it was in Galilee, Nazareth, the northern part of Israel, that Jesus had the most interaction with what we would call, quote-unquote, the people. So, so Matthew is clearly focusing on that aspect of Jesus's ministry. Again, he can't include everything, and so we want to understand a little bit more about that. The last thing that I would say about this text that jumps out is Matthew's quotation of Isaiah. And as you've heard me say before, I think Matthew must have had a scroll of Isaiah opened before him as he was writing this gospel because he quotes from Isaiah extensively, both explicitly and implicitly in reference to to a variety of things. It's a, it's a crucial passage. So the fact that he is quoting from Isaiah, and by the way, this is a quote from, let me see here. That is, I'm pulling up my little study Bible, which is on my tablet. It says, this is a quote from Isaiah 9, 1 through 2. And what we probably want to do, not probably, I mean, it's a pastoral way of saying, what we want to do is go look at the original context of Isaiah, what was happening there, and why Matthew thinks that Isaiah 9 is fulfilled um, in the ministry of Jesus, okay? So say all that to say, what, we, what we've done is generated a little bit of homework for us between now and tomorrow. And this homework this essentially necessitates this. I want to go back. I want to read this passage several times, this section. I want to explore where I've heard the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God before, in Matthew, and wh where does it come after? What's happening? What's 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 it involved? We might want to go and do a little bit of historical background to the Gospel of John, or maybe to get a chronology of the three Gospels, a, a synchronization of them, and you can find these online, a timeline of what happened when in Jesus's ministry, and it'll help you know where to situate Matthew 4, 12 through 17, this portion of the Galilean ministry and what's come before, and then we can better understand kind of what comes after. And then finally, we probably want to go do a little bit of study in Isaiah and try to understand the context of this passage. Now, you may say, Pastor Paul, I, I don't, I'm just, I don't have time for all this. I'm just digesting this. And I'm just, I'm listening on, I'm exercising, I'm air, it's on my AirPods and my iPhone, I'm listening, I'm, I'm, um, doing this while I exercise, whatever. And, and that's totally fine. Totally great. I, I understand that. But remember, one of the purposes of doing the devotionals this way is to get us all studying the Word of God together, um, using our study Bible, using our, our commentary. And 
really digging into the passage. So that that's what I'm that's what I'm encouraging you to do. And I think you'll find it fruitful, beneficial. And 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 if you can't dig into this passage, but by the time we cover the next one, God's grace for you. We still want you to be on board right here with us. But hopefully this will be helpful and fruitful for you. Okay, that's your homework. We'll see you tomorrow, Tuesday, Valentine's Day. Let me pray. Lord, I pray for our study of this passage this week. I pray that you would open our eyes and hearts to it. You would give us a sense of the meaning, discernment, the context, so that we could be good stewards of it and apply it to our lives. Lord, we ask these things in your Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, everybody.